I am Daniel Lukies, and welcome to Book 101. Book 101 is all about the books that I read for the last 40 years, and today I have my special guest. She is the author of several books. Welcome to Book 101, and can you please introduce yourself? I'm L.L. Stevens, which is a pen name, and I have written quite a few books, actually, um, that this is the pen name for my triumphary series of books, which is Epic Fantasy at its Best. And uh, I live in the suburb of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I have a very nice life, and I adore writing, so I am... All six books of my series are written, and I'm now working on more books. But I just, that's what I do. I write stories. Yes. And who influenced you in your writing? Well, I'm quite aged. So I was most influenced early on by, of course, J.R.R. Tolkien, who wasn't. Uh, Marion Zimmer Bradley, Tanith Lee, um, some of the fantasy writers of yore. Uh, more recently, I really adored the books of J.R.R. Martin um, and Joe Abercrombie and Stephen Erickson. I like big, fat, you know, juicy epics. And so those are the authors who have most influenced me in my writing. Yes. What age did you realize that you are good in writing? Probably nine. However, I didn't. My teachers really encouraged me when I was in high school, when I was 13. I actually was given the Lord of the Rings, the of the ring by a ninth grade teacher, and I adored it. Um, so I realized really young that I wanted to be a writer, but my parents were very discouraging because writers live in garrets and they have, they absolutely <laughs> are in poverty and oh, oh, they were so worried for me. So I studied science when I went to college and got a job as a respiratory <laughs> therapist. But I realized when I was very young, a teenager, uh, I, I was actually writing on a typewriter when I was a teenager. Wow, sounds interesting. For those authors that influence you, if you describe their writing. Individual characters, Glotka for Abercrombie. I loved Samwise Gamgee and J.R.R. Tolkien. Um, I, I just have loved so many characters. Faramir, please give me a Faramir in my life, Mr. Tolkien. <laughs> um, but, I mean, those are the types of characters. And I like rich characterization. I like complex characters. As you may have noticed, I tend to like male characters, but I found so many wonderful female characters, and I'm doing that in my own work, trying to explore female characters more. How about Miss Rowling? I have read them. My my niece was reading the books, and I, I would just pick it up at her house and read the books. Um, they're good. I enjoyed them. They were a lot of fun. They do magic in a very different way than I am interested in doing in my own work, but I found it fascinating. Of course, my favorite character was Snape. Uh, <laughs> I just <laughs> love that kind of character. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I liked Miss Rowling's books very much. The Harry Potter books, yes. Definitely. So let's talk about your Derry novel. Uh, Sordanian is the title. I realize this is not a especially grabby title, 
Uh, I, am not, I am very bad at creating titles. Uh, however, it is a perfect title for the book because it talks about this man. And he starts out as a teenager and he becomes this amazing person through the series. So it's really all about him and his heritage, his legacy, this destiny people predict for him. But the fact that he's just a kid and a very arrogant, nasty asshole of a kid and how he becomes who he is. So in a sense, the title is absolutely perfect. And I think it's a great book for people who like coming of age stories, but that's not young adult. It's an adult series. Okay, so Sardinian, what behind the title of your first novel? Well, it's the name of this kid's family. And what really happened was I had I had fully written the series and the uh, publisher, at, uh, my editor at Daw, I was with Daw Books at the time, said, well, really, this story is about this other guy, this Dorillion guy. And I said, oh. And he said, I want to read his backstory because he liked that guy's backstory. And I said, OK. So I wrote it. Uh, life happened. I was not able to write it right at that point. But eventually I wrote the story of a man named Dorillion Sardanian. This is his whole backstory, the first two books of the series. And that's why I called the first book Sordanian, because it's all about what it means to be a Sordanian in this world, which means the descendant of God and possibly he could become the avatar of a god. So it's a very important word in this universe. Sounds interesting. Who influenced you in writing your Dabi novel? Aside from other authors, I, I would say first, it would be Peter Stamfel. Peter Stamfel was my editor at DAW, and he's an amazingly good editor. Uh, he read the series and he said, like I said, he, he mentioned, this is the guy this, this whole series really is about, and I want to see his story. So that was very influential. I might not have written the, the first book, Sardanian, or the second book, Keld King, at all, if he had not pointed me in that direction. A good editor is a thing of beauty. They can see things maybe the author does not in terms of a big picture of a story. So he was amazingly influential. The second most influential person was, was my husband, Steve. He was willing to support me while I wrote the story. And he was an um, I'm so happy he retired because he just retired. And that means he can edit all my books now. Because he, <laughs> he, had a job. Awesome. <laughs> he had a job and he couldn't read my books all the time. But now he doesn't. And he's an amazingly good editor. And he gave me a lot of good pointers of, about things. And the third influence would be my three sons. I was writing about a teenage boy. <laughs> I mean, he starts out a teenager. He's in his 30s at the end of the book of the series. But I'm writing about teenage. I drew from these kids. And I, uh, they taught me what teenage boys are like and how they think and how they act. And they were very influential on that book. Yeah. Yes. So how did you craft it, Sardinian? Um, I started from, I did literally write it from beginning to end. I, you know, some people write in chunks. I, I wrote from beginning to end. I started out where I thought the story should start, which is where Drillian sees his mother die. That happens in the first chapter. It's not a spoiler. Uh, but And his brother born, and his brother is born too premature to live, except he does, and that's part of the storyline. 
Uh, Darillion is one reason he does live. Darillion is God-born. He has powers, even as a child. His body is different from humans, and his brain functions a little differently. And as he grows, he makes enemies because basically he's a very abrasive asshole of a kid. He's entitled. He thinks he's better than everyone else. He needs to learn a few lessons. And uh, But I walk through this whole process of him making enemies, making friends, um, actually learning that other people are not necessarily there to do his bidding. I go through this whole process of this young man getting his teeth kicked in and his life put back on track. He needs to learn how to be something other than a god. He needs to learn how to become a human being and to empathize with humans because there are a few things more dangerous than a god who does not give a darn about humans or and understand what humans are about. If a god is going to be created, you want one who can at least treat humans decently. And the other main character in Sardanian is a man named Mark Frederick, who is very human. He's only human. He has no God-born blood or traits, but he does have one thing, which is a great deal of patience and a wonderful understanding, because he's allied with the Wall Lords. And in, in this book, there's two branches of the God-born, Darillion's family, which is kinetic and weaponized and powerful, and the Wall Lords, who are also powerful because they can see into the past and into the future. They can see through time. And because they can do that, they've been able to construct a society in which certain things are meant to happen. And Mark Frederick is allied with them. He's part of them. And he's able to help guide Darillion into being a person who's not as destructive as maybe he could have been. Are you the writer that you plan first? No. <laughs> no, that sounds strange when I say I wrote it linearly, but that's because I'm a pantser. I write from the seat of my pants. I always have a general idea where it's going. And in the sense of in Sardanian in particular, I knew exactly where it had to go because it had to lead to these other books that the editor had said, I want that guy's story. But the other books, a lot of stuff had already happened. So I knew where it was going. I started in the beginning and I just wrote it. And as ideas come to me and I say, okay, I think that's how the story's gonna go. I follow it. Um, as I describe it uh, to other people, I put a character on the page and I follow that character. And this is not just the one main character, but the other characters. I follow them and I see where they go and I see what they think and I see where they take the reader. And I want to do that and, and, and they come together in interesting ways. And I just follow that. And I just keep writing until I reach the point I want to reach. So you consider yourself as a gardener instead of an architect. In terms of write, In terms yeah. of writing, eh? I, I have a regular guest here, Steve Thread, the same like you, he's a gardener, mm -hmm. just write and write and write. And he, uh, he wrote, I think, 19 novels as so far as I know. <laughs> That's a lot. Good for <laughs> yes. him. So according to one of your readers, Althea, fantastic world building and unforgettable characters. Let's talk about the characters of the book. 
Okay, yes. Uh, for Serdanian, the main character is Darillion Serdanian. Starts at the age of, well, he's seven in the first novel. He's four, uh, in the first chapter, rather. He's 14 in the second chapter. And at the end of the book, he's 21. So it covers that span of growing up. Um, and he's an, a fascinating character to watch grow up because of his attitudes, but also his abilities. Um, and then there's Mark Frederick, who's older. His enemy... Darillion believes he's his enemy. He has every good reason to believe this because the man imprisoned his grandfather for 35 years. The man has, has occupied his city and country for 35 years. He has every reason to think, Darillion has every reason to think Mark Frederick's his enemy. But Mark Frederick confounds him and surprises him. And it's a very, their relationship is the core of the book. But we also have characters like Leviathan, Darillion's brother, who he rescued as a premature baby and allowed to live, I should say, to live. He's not quite neurologically the same as everyone else. He sees the world very differently. He's uh, physically compromised by the fact he was born so prematurely and his body did not quite develop the way it was supposed to. Um, and so he, Darillion's a powerful brother to him. He loves him crazily and will do anything for him. And Leviathan greatly influences not just this book, but the series through the way he affects Darillion. Brother relationship is very strong here. But we also have characters like Emily, who's uh, the mother of Darillion's rival, Stefan. Uh, Emily's determined to be you know, her son get ahead and she's determined to protect her children. She goes through the whole series. She's a very powerful mother. There are strong mother figures in the series. Uh, and then there's Stefan, who's Darillion's rival, as I said, his same age, but who hates him for various reasons, most of which is that Darillion's an ass and he treats Stefan like dirt. And Stefan never quite gets past the fact he can't get back at this guy. And that rivalry, it turns out to have tragic consequences in later books. So, Are you the writer that you equal the villain and the heroes of your story? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I also wrote a villain. I didn't even mention Namor, who's, who <laughs> discovers a magical <laughs> artifact of great power and is determined to harness that power so that he can do, uh, to, can take over Darillion's country of Sordan. Uh, I love fast. I love villains. Um, they're the most fun to write. Namor's a hoot to write. Uh, he, he's he's smart. He's sly. He has an interesting relationship with his sister, who he he you know inserts into the story in interesting ways. Uh, yes. I can't spoil things, but uh, as I uh, mentioned on one of my memes. Uh, an arranged marriage with the world's worst breakup is what occurs in this book. And uh, so I like the, the, the villain to be as powerful or more so than the hero. Uh, the hero does eventually, you know, become at least a worthy rival or else you don't have much of a conflict. But yeah. And according to Brian H., stunning sci-fi fantasy epic. Wow. What a comment. 
That's a, I, I just love when readers leave comments. Uh, most readers do not ever say anything about the books they read. I, when I was a young person and a reader, I never commented. I never contacted authors. Now I realize how valuable that is. I, yeah. I appreciate every comment that readers have made on, on the reviews. Yes. And according to Flower Lady, a classic and a must buy. Yes. So do you think the Sardinian will be a classic and timeless novel? Well, I don't know. I, I hope so, don't I? Uh, yeah, I would love that. Um, the more readers, the merrier. And if it becomes a classic, then that means a lot of people read it, which would make me extremely happy. Uh, that's the reason I'm publishing them is to get people to read them. I, I, I don't expect to make my fortune, uh, but a classic. I don't know. I mean, do any does anyone ever think they've written a classic? <laughs> I don't know. Yes. So if you compare Sardinian to a classic fantasy, which mm -hmm. one? This is going to sound odd, maybe, but Malazan, the Book of the Fallen. Um, I, I, it's a complex story that covers a lot of time and a lot of deep, deep lore. The more you read, the more you find out about the history of the world, its gods, its creation, its destruction, and its recreation. So it's got this vast story behind it. Malazan is a good, a good fit. Um, it's, it's probably the best one in terms of the world building. In terms of characters, um, maybe Abercrombie's books, except I'm not as grim. I have not quite as much blood. I mean, the first two books are pretty bloody, but um, they're not all dark. In fact, the second stone, the third book, is not dark at all, really. And uh, I don't know. Those are the books I most compare it to. It's not really Lord of the Rings. It has no elves or orcs or, you know, it's all humans and gods and things. Wow. Interesting. Before we go on, shout out to the people listening in the United States, especially in the state of Pennsylvania. <laughs> I am Pennsylvania yeah, yeah. for now. Yes. yes. And Newville, I have 47% audience share. Philadelphia at 15%. Umbridge at 2%. Uh, Weekly at 2%. Lancaster at 2%. Pittsburgh <laughs> at uh, Pittsburgh at 2%. Yeah. Harrisburg at 2%. Greensburg at 2%. Reading at 2%. Northumberland uh, what do you call it? Media, Springfield. Media, Springfield. Yes, yeah. that's actually where I live is Springfield. Yeah. Oh, wow. Shout out to the It's people. a suburb, right. <laughs> right. Mount Joy. Uh, Art Bald, Carbondale, uh, Sugar Run, Milford, Alikipa, Harsham, Havertown, Scranton, Quadersport, Mountaintop, Birdsboro, North Versailles, or Newfoundland, Nurbert, Northtown Square, Howley, Beaver Falls, Consberg, New Holland, Nanty Cock, Eastern, Wayne, and Bethlehem. Oh, you have a Bethlehem in Pennsylvania. Yeah. yeah. 
and uh, yeah, that's that's uh, wow, uh, you go to a lot of places, yes, Allentown, but not the least. Thank you so much for supporting this podcast because this podcast is created to empower writer our love of the world, like Miss LL Stevens. So, Mrs. Stevens, are you an indie or traditional publishing? Indie. Uh, my publisher, Forest Path Books, is a small indie publisher that uh, publishes diverse uh, viewpoints and also just looking for uh, excellent fantasy to, to present to readers. It's a small publisher located in Washington State. And uh, so I, I like a publisher. I am not self-published because I am lazy. I, I don't want to spend all of my time dealing with Amazon and Kobo and Barnes and Noble and different sites to put up the books and put up new files and make sure the errors are all corrected. And, you know, that stuff, I'm, I, if I had to do that, I probably would not publish. I'd just enjoy my books and give them to my children when I die. But this publisher approached me and said, I really would like to publish your series. And I'm like, would you? Excellent, please do. And I gave her the books to publish. So an indie publisher, but not self-published. Oh, so what are the pros and cons of being indie uh, publishing? I think uh, there's so many pros. I, am, I, I was published traditionally by Daw, Donald Walheim Books, back in the, you know, before 2000. Uh, but I never had a choice of my uh, cover. When I was with a traditional publisher, I didn't have final voice on edits. I did. There was a lot I had no control over. With an indie publisher, with this publisher, I have a lot of control in good ways. Uh, she provides great editing, which I need. I, I mean, I'm a decent writer, very, very good writer, actually, but a decent editor, but not a great editor. I have great editors through her. She gave me some say in the covers. I was allowed, I, I'm, I'm given a cover sheet. I'm allowed to suggest images and connect with the uh, artist and have a say in the covers. I have a very strong opinion. I love my covers. Uh, they're traditional fantasy. They suggest the, exactly the kind of book it is. And they almost tell the story of the book. If you look at Sordanian, then Keld King, then Second Stone, you can see the story progressing. I had a say in that. Um, I, I think the downside of an indie publisher is that you don't have any money for advertising. Um, it's up to me. And I'm not a good marketer of my own books, but I try hard. You can see me on Twitter. You can see I have a great Facebook page where I put up stuff. I have a website. I put up all my lore and my maps and everything's on my website. I do want to give readers access to, to my images and my files and, and excerpts and short stories that I've written. But I don't have a marketing budget. And that's what you do not have with an indie publisher. But I have a great deal of say in my books. And that matters to me. Yes, that's why the, uh, my podcast is here, to help you advertise your books. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. I need, I need it, but I also appreciate it. I, I, I like reaching out to readers. What is your inspiring word for all of those people out there who want to publish their story? Don't give up. Um, don't give up. I have been working on this series for a long time, and I had given up. 
um, <clears throat> until the publisher <laughs> approached me and said, can I publish your books? But it's difficult to reach out to, a lot of publishers won't even look at the books that are sent in cold. You need an agent. A lot of agents, they don't even want you to send them I know they say they do, but you know, almost every query is rejected. It's so disheartening. And um, it's, it's not that you're doing anything wrong. Your book can be very, very good and excellent, but it just doesn't fit what agents are trying to sell right now to the publishers, because what the pub main publishers want is, is quite narrow. Your book is special. I think every author, their vision is special. And they should write that book, and they shouldn't give up. Um, it, you know, if you have to, if life makes it so you have to sit on your book for a few years, because sometimes that happens, then you sit on your book for a few years. But then later on, go back to it. Give that book a chance, because there are readers out there who want to read it. I was, I am so hardened. There are some readers. I have fans. I have a small but rabid fan base. And they look forward to the next book and that is so rewarding. I'm glad I put them out. And I, so I would tell every indie, you know, self-published indie or just aspiring author, don't give up even though it can often get very discouraging. Very well said, Mr. Stephen. Sardanian, is this your first book of your trilogy? Yeah, uh, it's actually a six book series. And yes, it's the first book of what will be six books. All oh, six okay. books are written. I have written them all, um, but I'm editing them. Uh, as I mentioned, my publisher is a great editor too. And so I'm getting them edited, revised, uh, tucked in, made better, and I'm publishing them one by one. But they are all written. I know exactly how this series will end. I could send you the last book right now if I wanted. And <laughs> it would be unedited, yes. but, but yes. I would. And so, yeah, it's a it's first book, Sardinian. Mm -hmm. So, with no spoiler, uh, how did you connect the six books? <clears throat> well, that was where Peter Stample was a genius. Anyway, that they're connected through Drillian Sardinian. He's the connection through all six books. Certain other characters flow through all six books. Mark Frederick does, believe it or not. Emily does, and. Uh, even Stefan does in his, they flow through the books. And at the end, it all culminates in events that would not occur without all of these connecting characters. And then there's the underlying whole theme of the gods, the wall, the rill, and the three. Uh, all of that is connecting at the very end of the of this. Interesting. So Sardinian is good for a series or a movie or motion picture. <laughs> I think it'd make a dynamite motion picture and I have just the person to do the music, a relative anyway. <laughs> I'm related to Michael Giacchino. Anyway, oh. <laughs> um, but yes, it would make a great movie or video game. Very much so. And it even can be read as a standalone book. This is interesting. Sardinian could be a standalone book if you're willing to, to end things where it ends, uh, but it does go forward into the rest of the series. So for all those uh, six series, are they all standalone or a prerequisite for Sardinian or the second book or the third book? 
I try to make each book so that a reader coming into it without having read the previous books can at least follow along. It does help, of course, with a long with six book series to have read the previous books because you have more information to work with as a reader as to what these people are about. You could read the third book as the first book. Um, it's, it brings in a new character. It, uh, it starts a whole new arc of things. So you could start with the third book, and I think you wouldn't be lost. However, I think it does help to read the first two books because it gives you this enormously powerful background to the character of Darillion, who he, he's, he's the center of the whole series. Um, it's set in the Triumphary, which is only, it's a, yes, yeah, the three empires that make the core of this world. There are other kingdoms around it, um, but it's, but what's happening in the whole series is that certain things are being revealed about it and changed. And so the, the reader will find out these revelations, like what's going on with this Namor, the bad guy, and that device of his, that bloody crown that he's wearing. What's the truth about that? And how is that going to play in? What is the real, really? Is it just a transportation system or is it something else? Darillion thinks it's alive. It's a being. Is it a being? We'll find out. What is the deal with the wall? The wall is a city wall, the round of city in the north called Stauberg, that goes all the way through time. Anywhere you go in time on this creation, you can find the wall in some form. It doesn't always look like the wall, but it's the wall and it's there and it goes through time so people can see into the past, the future. And, and what's the deal with that? How is that now that certain events have happened? How is that actually going to play into the final of the series? So that's why I said revelations. Uh, I think it, a lot is revealed about the nature of this world, the nature of these people and the nature of the future. Pardanian, what is the best highlight? Oh, highlight. Oh, there's so many good things. Probably, <laughs> I think everybody comes back <laughs> to the final. The end of it. it. It ends with a bang. That is a corker of a climax and ending. It's a corker. Uh, a lot happens, including some things that have, <laughs> my, my, my son is like, Oh my God, my mother did that. I mean, she went there, she did, well, my God, what kind of woman raised me? But um, so, yeah, it's that kind of, uh, of an ending. It's a it's very surprising, a little bit violent. Okay, a lot of it violent. And it has one scene that people come back to again and again. Yes. So, Miss Stevens, can you please invite our listeners? To buy all your books. Oh, please buy all my books. <laughs> <laughs> they are available everywhere. I, I went wide. So they're available. Uh, my publisher has very good deals often and coupons, forestpathbooks.com. Uh, but Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Kobo, it, it's everywhere. It's wide. You can often find it in libraries if you from a library. Uh, I, I'm like I said, I'm looking for readers, however I can get them. I appreciate sales. They enable me to keep publishing these books. 
I want to uh, invite you to listen to my other podcast, Food 101, our third season with Chef Alessandro, one of the executive chef in one of the five-star hotels in downtown Toronto. So Food 101 is all about uh, different kind of cuisine, interviews, mm. and a lot more. If you Thank you so much, Player FM, for being the number five best book review podcast. Thank you so much. Okay. And what else you can say about Sardinian? I think this is the book for somebody who wants a character they can grab onto and follow through six books, uh, who's got superpowers eventually. Uh, but you get a hint of that in the book, so you know that. It's not a spoiler. Um, but who also needs to learn how to be a decent human being and get some things knocked into them and also i think uh it's good for readers who like deep world building so building with fully imagined past present and even a little bit of the future this is a good book for you yes so what is your trademark as being a writer hmm used to be writing sexy scenes but i haven't written any in this series so let's see um i i would say it's deep characters that you can actually feel a real. My characters feel real and the world can feel very real. Um, that's a part of the trademark. The other is that it can be a bit of a slow burn. I'm not like all action. There's a, lo there's a lot of uh, character interaction and dialogue. So some people can take a little time to get into the story. Yes, thank you so much for your time. And thank you for having me here. This has been great. <laughs> I truly appreciate it. You are most welcome, Mrs. Stevens, and I'll catch you next week. Thank Same you very thing. much, Daniel. Yes. Bodycon people, see you soon.